Are you ready? Are you ready? You ready for a word this morning? Amen. This life is easier than what we think. You hear me? This life is easier than what we think. We've made it too complicated. We've, we've, we've made it way too hard. And this is a whole lot easier than what we have been assumed for it to be. So I'm going to talk today. The theme of this ministry has always been um, transformation. Uh, I was, and I guess that happened to me back years ago. I was in a church um, over in the east side of, of the state, or west side of the state, and a big, big, big meeting, and this big guy who had a big name for the for the denomination I was in. He was he was over the whole state, and he he came and he preached a message, and man, he just he just it was just uh, red hot and fiery and. He shouted and screamed and hollered, and people shouted and screamed and hollered, and you know, and and it was a big, big, big deal, you know. And 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 I'm not making fun of any of that, because that that's all right. But but when we got done, he walked up to me, and he knew I was just getting ready to go in the ministry. I was just getting ready to go in the MIP program, their MIP program, which was a ministerial internship program where you had to start into basically a seminary at home with a pastor overseeing you, and then uh, they kind of watched over you and guided you, and, and you submitted to some authority, and, and, and you got a chance to start getting broke into what God's called you to do. Well, in that, I, he walked up to me, and he said, now, brother, how was that for a message? And I, and I shook his hand, and I said, it was a good message, good message. I said, he said, uh, something about fire and, you know, and all this excitement. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, my question is, was anybody changed? Man, his face dropped, looked at me. He said, well, I don't know. I said, well, I, I, that's all I'm interested in is change. I need change. Everybody else needs change. And what's the one thing we don't want to do is change. We want to. It's in us. We, we look at the mirror all the time and say we want to change, but we don't know how, and we've tried before, and it didn't work. And, you know, the one thing we as humans don't like is failure. How many of you can get behind a losing team, you know? It's just hard to do. It's also really hard to get behind something that every time you put your shoulder to it and gave it your best effort, you, you failed every time. It's just kind of hard to get on that again, right? I mean, let's just be honest. It's just hard to do that. We don't, we're not interested in that. We want to be on a winning team. When you were kids and they were picking out teams, you remember they, the, 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 usually the gym teacher or the, the class teacher or whatever would, would pull out two captains, and those were probably the best ones. You know, you always saw them as the, you know, you know I never got chosen as a captain, you know. And so they pull out those captains, put them on the side, and they start choosing. And they, they decide who's going to get to choose first. And as they started choosing, you could see who the winning team was going to be. Now, what side did you want to be on? Especially if it was dodgeball. Amen? Then all right if it was just pitching pennies. But, I mean, dodgeball? Who wants to be on the winning team of dodgeball? Who wants to be on the losing team of dodgeball? Nobody, you know? And so we want, the, the desire is already in us to be on the winning side of this. And I believe, the, uh, I just believe what the gospel tells us 
that we were made more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He has made us to be winners and not losers. And, and I know people, you know, I said to you this last week, I am living my best life. And then people will say, well, God didn't come to give you your best life. He came to make you holy. I remember one guy said, I, I had one pastor got in the pulpit and said, God didn't come to this world to make you happy. He came to make you holy, you know. And, and you know what? In essence, yes, but in that place is my happiest place ever. It's not an angry God going to slap me into position, and then when I get there, I'm going to be unhappy the rest of my life because now i got to be holy. It, when you realize what holiness is, holiness is set apart. It's being separated from. Amen? They, when, when I was running track in high school... They separated me from the freshmen and started working on me because I was headed to run varsity. It wasn't a bad thing that they were separating me. It was a good thing. A good, you're chosen. See, when you're chosen, holiness is a choice. When God said, be ye holy... He wasn't telling you to be holy. He was proclaiming holiness over you and on you. He was, it was just like him proclaiming light. He said, light be. When he said, be holy, be holy, he was proclaiming holiness upon you. And holiness is separation, which means it's a choice. He has chosen you. This starts giving us a different thought that what's going on here it's not that God came along and drew us to himself to make life difficult for us that's not what he came for the Bible says he came to give us life and life more abundantly you attaching yourself back to the creator which is the, the child back to the father is where you were always supposed to be you will never be who you really are until you're set free from all this mess that you have been in bondage to. The world, the flesh, and the enemy, the devil. Until he, and what he's doing is he's separating you from that. That's what he's doing. You just thought you were who you are and were comfortable in that, but that is not who you are. We've got to be very careful comparing our weaknesses to, to our testimony, to making it about us. When God is separating us, he's making it about us because when he makes it about us, we make it about him. How loyal are you to those that are good to you? You're very loyal. That's where your loyalty is, to people who have been good to you, people who have been faithful to you, people who have done something for you that you couldn't do for yourself. There's just a faithfulness in that. I think it's amazing how faithful we can be to our parents and all the mistakes they made. 
and we're faithful to them. Why? Because they were good to us. They clothed us. They fed us. They, they made sure there was a shelter over us. They gave us a bed to sleep in. They took care of us. They watched over us. Now, they may have made a thousand mistakes in that. They may not have been the best parent in the world. But you are beholding to them. You are, you are attached to that. Now, here, he said he's not a father like this world is. He is a father who is, who is uh, who's, who's going to love you. He's not going to forsake you, and he's not going to manipulate you. Okay? So I, I'm just, that's kind of the theme of our message here. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of start out here with this because this is kind of the things we hear, and we're going to find out how do we, how do we get there, all right? Uh, if you go with me to uh, Isaiah 55, here's a really good one that we hear a lot. Verse number 7, let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. All right. And let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. All right? So this is an individual who is part of the kingdom he's talking to. This is not, a, this is not someone who's on the outside. This is someone who's on the inside, because he says, let him return. So if he's returning, he was there at one time, right? He, he went out and drifted away, and now he's come back. He or she's come back, okay? So now we're talking about someone who is, who is in the fold and who has stepped away. What did I tell you last week? Sin. Sin is missing the mark. Transgression is trespassing, crossing over the line, whether you meant to or whether you didn't. But what is iniquity? Iniquity is purposely going in the direction opposite of God and purposely sinning. And what did he say he'd do with iniquity? He would wipe it away. We've been told, oh my, if you go do something purposely, you're in trouble. Now you're, you're probably no hope. That's not what the Bible said. The Bible said, God said for your iniquity... That which you do on purpose, I will wipe it away. Who's going to wipe it away? He's going to wipe it away. How's, how, why would he do that? Because he that began the good work in you will be faithful to complete it. He that began the good work. Who started the work? The one who made the choice. Your choice to receive him was in response to, to his choice of desire of you. And we have to get that thought corrected in us because we've got this old thought, especially running in the vein of old Southern Illinois, is that I found the Lord. I'd like to know where you started looking. You say you found him. Where, where, was, where exactly did you start looking? Did you go to the church? That where you, well, he's not in most of the churches, so that wouldn't be a good place to start. Okay? Where, so where's he at? 
See, you wouldn't even know where to look. And you think what you're doing is what you need forgiveness of when he's going, no, it's who you were born to be, that you, who you were born in is what you need forgiveness of. What you're doing is a response to what, how you were born. And you were born into sin. Did you do anything to make to become a sinner? Did you do anything to become a sinner? Not one thing. Not one thing. You just were born. See, when the Bible says the Holy Spirit brings conviction upon us, it is, the actual translation is a convincing. What's he convincing us of? The Bible says of our righteousness or of his righteousness on us. See, he's not convincing you of sin. He's convincing you of righteousness. Hmm. Hmm. See, then, then, then why are we preaching these messages? Why are we tolerating setting under these messages that brings about a fear and guilt to get us to confess. Because that's not how God is. God doesn't bring in fear and guilt to get us to confess. That's intimidation and manipulation. Is God a God of intimidation or manipulation? There's no manipulation in him. So that's that's a that is a that is a a manifestation of witchcraft manifest, uh, when you take a look at, at, at manipulation. So he can't he's not one of witchcraft. He doesn't use the devil's tools. So using witchcraft, he's not going to do that, right? So if he's not going to use witchcraft, then he can't use manipulation. Do you see the critical situation we're in in the church? Especially, I mean, particularly the American church. How we have been brought into the kingdom under fear, under manipulation, under extortion. I mean, all kinds of, of tools being used to get us to get a confession out of us. And there's no, that's why we're not seeing any life and heart transformation because we didn't come to God under love and under a drawing of the Holy Spirit, his love drawing us and convincing us of God's goodness and his righteousness that he wants to place upon us and put us back in right standing, back where we were created to be back in authority, back taking over, back under the submission of him and speaking things that are not as though they were and they shall be and manifest, praying and prayers get answered because we know who we are. See, when we're put in, brought in under that manipulation, we're under fear and there is no, there is, there's no peace in fear. And God is peace. Jesus said, peace I bring and peace I leave. Not like the world has, unlike anything you've ever had. I bring you peace. So when we're living under that fear, there's a condemnation in any mistake we make. 
And that condemnation, does it draw us toward God or away from God? Every time you felt condemned, did you, did you feel like, boy, I, I need to get close to God? Or did you feel like, oh, I need to get this fixed? Condemnation makes you feel like, I got to get this fixed. Well, that separates you from God because you're going to go fix it so that you can be accepted by God. That is not how God works. That is not how he functions. Amen. So now let's go back here. Verse 8. For my thoughts, God speaking here, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. How many of you have ever heard that before? How many of you have ever felt like, well, God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. His ways are higher than my ways. Is that true? Absolutely. So, how many of you heard it kind of like this? Well, nobody really knows the ways of God because his ways are higher than our ways. Well, what's God thinking? Well, I'm not sure what God's thinking. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I really don't know. Did God stop speaking at this point? See, we, we started preaching at that point, but we let him stop speaking at that point. God goes on to speak. And here's what he says. For, as the, for the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. So that's, high, that's how much further ahead or farther high, how much higher his thoughts are. It's really amazing to me. Christians... We, we, we did, and I'm part of this group, that we have these ideas and these, these ways that we have, and if we're not careful, here's something, here's something, if you haven't, you will, at some point in time in your life have something happen with your health and you're going to make decisions at that point in time what you're going to do about that, okay? And whatever it is that you decide to do with your doctor or without your doctor needs to first be counseled with the Lord. And asking for his direction and guidance throughout that whole path that you're stepping into. From the announcement that you have an issue of whatever it is, to the path and direction you're going to go all the way through it. And it is when we've got to learn to listen to him and what he says. Okay, and let him guide you and let him talk to you and let him let him help you make the determination and the decisions and the favor by which who you will who you will counsel with, what direction you will go and what you're going to do about it. 
it really drives me crazy with Christians that have been in this thing for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And, man, I mean, the first thing they want to know about is what does the doctor say? You better have a word on something before you get to that doctor. Because I'm telling you, you cut that doctor, he's going to bleed just like you do. Do you know what the difference between you and the doctor is? Information. Information is the only difference. Where did he get his information? I can tell you, in essence, he got everything he knows from the Lord. Because everything man has learned in the area of medicine, I mean, where did they get the first idea to cut open some kind of something and make it, make it a remedy? Where did they get the idea? Where did that come from? You ever think of whoever had the idea to make sassafras out of a sassafras root? Whoever, sassafras tea, whoever came up with it. I, my big one is whoever came up with turnips. I mean, I, I, if you like turnips, I'm sorry for you. I mean, I'm like the president. One of our former presidents was about broccoli. Do not let a turnip enter my house. It, turnips are wrong. And I don't know who decided to, to, to cook one of those to try to make it work. Because even after you cook it, it's just more of a rubber ball is about all you got. You know, it's a turnip. I have no use for a turnip. But whoever had the first idea to do that, who gave them the urgency or who gave them the, the intuition, who gave them the thought to go into these directions and begin to pull out of the earth all these different things that would become remedies for us. Who, who did that? God did. God did. Amen. So everything that man you sit in front of in that little white coat you talk to, everything he has is coming from the Lord. So why don't before you get in front of him... Counsel with the Lord. Where'd you come from? The Lord. Why don't you counsel with him so that when you get there and then pray for that doctor before you get there that he has wisdom over his, your circumstance, your situation, what you're going through. Instead of depending upon, well, what medicine are you on? Don't, don't you stop taking that medicine. You better not take that. You better. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to the Lord. And that's what you better do is listen to the Lord. Your life is in the balance in those circumstances. And you better be listening to him. Amen. It really frustrates me for someone to come along. and Nobody, I'm, I'm not talking to anybody here. But it frustrates me when somebody comes along and, and tells me not to do something whenever I, you know, I don't know how you live, but I live listening to God. Do I hear him all the time? No. Do I listen to him all the time? No. But there's times in your life that all of a sudden you decide you're going to listen real well. 
Amen. How many of you have ever had one of those times? How many of you before that time wouldn't listen to him too well? <laughs> We've all been there. Amen. Amen. So we gain counsel from him. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Watch what he says here. Incline your ear and come to me. Hold it. I think I changed. Here we go. I did. I hit a button and it went down. Watch this. He says now. For the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and return not thither, but watereth the earth and make it bring forth the bud and make it give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word, what are words? What are words? They're thoughts, right? Thoughts put to articulation for you to understand, okay? So he says, so now what, what am I going to do just like the rain and snow comes down out of heaven and returns not thither but makes everything grow like it's supposed to? So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. 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 What's he saying? It's got to return. Amen? How many of you know, remember in science, when it rains and it snows, we see the rain and snow. He's showing us. You see the rain, you see the snow. But what you don't see is you don't see it return. Do you? But it does, doesn't it? It, 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 it begins to evaporate and go back up into the heavens, right? All right. And then what does it do? It produces more, and it's a recycling. It does not come and return void, but it produces, all right? So there's two rains going to take place. One rain is he's going to send his word to you. The second one will only come. Here's, here's what happens to us. We receive a word from the Lord. We hear him say something to us. And we don't write it down. We don't, we don't file it. We don't, a lot of times we just file it. We don't go study that word out to find out what is he trying to say to me in this. And then when we find out what he's saying to me, we don't return it. We just hold it in our heart, treasure it, maybe memorize it, maybe put it on a piece of paper so we can see it all the time. But we never return it. What does the earth have to do with the rain and snow? The earth has to return it. What are you made out of? You're made out of earth. You, you, he made you out of earth on purpose so that you could see how this thing works. And so when, it come, when the word comes to you, you've got to, you've got to process that word and then return that word. And when you return that word, your second rain's coming. Your deliverance is coming. Amen. It's coming. And that's how this, that's how God's kingdom works. That's how it functions. But understand, there's two little things here. I, I knew this. I understood this. But there was two little things that I messed up, and I'm going to share them with you real quick today. Two little uh, 
revelations that God gave me about himself that I didn't know. And it changed everything on how I would respond to him. And that one, the first one comes in John. John was the revelator. John's the revelator of his love. And John was the one who, John's books are the ones that gave me the most revelation on this topic. Watch what it says, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning. In the beginning was what? The Word. All right. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This, the same, was in the beginning with God. So the, God, so the Word was in the beginning, and it was with God, and it was God. All right? Now, if you just come on down here just a little bit. Well, let's just go ahead and read. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In, <clears throat> okay, in him. In what? The word, right? Everything was made by the word. If you'll notice with God, he, you know, people are always trying to find something that God did when he created uh, you know, I've I heard people say, oh, well, he just flung the stars out by his fingertips, you know. And they try to dramatize all that God did. I'll tell you the greatest drama that we have is God spoke and it just showed up. God spoke and it showed up. God spoke and it showed up. What was he speaking? Words. Where did those words come from? Thoughts. Where did those thoughts come from? His meditation of his heart. So when you see the stars in that beautiful sky, that is the meditation of God's heart. <laughs> wow. That is exactly the way he saw it when he spoke it. When you see the waterfalls, when you see those mountains, when you see those plains, when you see that desert and you see the plateaus and you see all the things that you see, the ocean and the shore, that is all God's thoughts of his heart. Wow. Wow. That's pretty powerful. You know, that's pretty powerful. Okay? So that's how God did this. It says, and all things were made by him without him, was nothing was not anything made that was made in him was life in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not okay Let's just go on down here now. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness and to bear a witness of the light of, of the light that all men through him might believe that he was not the light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him 
and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but, but of the will of God. You are born again. Those of you who are saved today are born again by the will of God. See, you're looking for God's will. You need to get in the mirror and see God's will. You are the will of God. Gee, we're, we're spending our life searching for something that's already in us, through us, on us. It is who we are. We are the will of God. Watch. This is my favorite. Well, and the word, the word that was with God was God, right? The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So, so it's Jesus. So now who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. And the word is Jesus. When people say, I have Jesus living in my heart, that... I'm not sure we know what that means. What that means is the word is alive in us. If the word is alive in you, then you have Jesus living in your heart. Because Jesus is the word. And the word is Jesus. Okay? Now, now head over here to this, this other verse that I, uh, God showed me. And it is in um, 1 John. 1 John chapter 4, verse number um, 7, no, 8. He that loveth not, we judge. <laughs> Don't we? <laughs> Boy, they're unloving. My mama never loved me. My daddy never loved me. My wife doesn't love me. My first wife didn't love me. My second husband didn't love me. All people that don't love us, okay? But let's just see right here. He says, the reason they don't love is because they don't know God. Christian people that are unloving, they know God enough to accept him as their personal Savior, but they don't know him. When, they, when you know him, you begin to know love. Here's where we've been. It's crucial that when someone gets born again in the kingdom of God, the first thing we need to do is begin discipling them in his love. Because the Bible tells us that we can do all kinds of gifts, all kinds of things can work through us, all kinds of power can flow through us. But if you don't have love, you're nothing. You're just nothing. And faith, your faith won't work without it. The Bible says faith without love or... Help me, help me, help me, help me. Faith worketh by love. Faith worketh by love. That's what the Bible tells us. Faith worketh by love. Car works by gas. Flashlight works by battery. Air conditioner works by power. Amen. Your body works by fuel. Faith works by love. You can have all kinds. Of, what's faith? 
knowing God, the knowledge of God, an intimate knowledge of God, knowing his will, knowing just the way. And you can go out there and use that faith and speak all you want to speak, but if you don't have love, it falls to the ground. Because with, with here's the thing the world's right now trying to pull apart. They're trying to pull Jesus and God apart. They don't even worry about the Holy Ghost, right? They want to pull Jesus and God apart and bring all these other, other people in the, in the mix and say you can get to God through any other place. You can get to God through any, oh, there's many ways to God. There are not many ways to God. There is only one way to God, and that's through his son, Jesus Christ. And 1 John tells us that, and so does John chapter 1. Clearly tells us that, that that is the intimacy and that is the avenue which God, Jehovah God, has chosen to, for humanity to come back and come back to him through, is through his son, Jesus Christ. No other one has shed his blood. No other one has come in the image of man, to, to, has come as a deity in the image of man to redeem man. No other one has done that but Jesus Christ. And Jesus was there in the beginning. Muhammad was not there in the beginning. Buddha was not in the beginning. All of the other, other beliefs, they were not in the beginning. Only the Word was in the beginning. In the beginning was the Word. Who was the Word? He became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. That revelation began to help me understand He is the beginning and the ending. He's everything there is. But it doesn't work detached. See, even those who grab a hold of Jesus... And they don't want to deal with God. See, that's the Christian folks. <laughs> the Christian folks. They don't want to deal with God because God's the one that's going to judge. They kind of want to steer away from Jesus. Let's just hang on to Jesus. They're trying to separate him and let's get a hold of the Holy Ghost. Now, those who are, are big Pentecostals now, once you got Jesus, okay, that's good. Put him to the side. Let's get the Holy Ghost. And once we have the Holy Ghost, woo, we got everything. And then it gets goofy. How many of you ever been in them goofy services? How many of you been in them goofy circles? You know why it gets goofy? Listen, it's not, I know it can be humorous, but it's really not funny. Because they're taking the one who said, I'm here to witness of Jesus, and they're rising him above Jesus. Not good. Not good. The gifts are not above Jesus. The Spirit of God is not above Jesus. Jesus said there's a witness coming, and he will speak of who? Me. The Holy Spirit is not to, uh, it is not here, he is, he is not here to manifest flesh. He is not here to glorify flesh. And he is not here to advertise flesh. All those gifts are real, but they are to they are they are tools that he uses through an individual to draw those individuals to Jesus. 
Amen. And folks, I'm here to tell you the only reason God's ways are higher than our ways and they stay higher than our ways is because we are not receiving the rain. When we receive the rain in the snow and let it process in us, watch this. Because see, here's what the, the church puts all, I'm not going to say the church, but, but we have been fooled into believing this fear, this manipulation, this, this condemnation, and all of this, all right, to try to please God working through that. And one of the biggest ones that's used is you got to love God. You got to love God with all your heart, with all your, all your being, with all your mind. You got to love God. And so we go, okay, we got to love God. So we work at it. And we'll go volunteer at the church. We'll volunteer here and volunteer there. And we'll do everything. We'll, 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 even though our flesh is wanting to cuss somebody out, we'll put a smile on our face and struggle out a God bless you when we really want to just, you know, punch them out right there. And what, what we're doing is we're taking this flesh and we're just putting it under a it's like a beach ball that we're putting under the water and we're trying to hide it instead of being transformed out of it. Did you hear me? Instead of hiding it, let's get transformed out of it. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing, what? Of our mind to him. His ways. What happens when we find his ways? And our our mind is 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 becoming more transformed into his mind and his words. Because his words are his mind. We 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 get the word in us, not just studying it and repeating it, but but it becomes us, it comes out of us. In our articulation, not in the King James Version. Hello, did you just hear what I said? The word does not come out of you when it's processed through you. It does not come out of you in the King James Version. Amen. It comes out of you in life and living. Speaking the word in truth and love. Love. Well, how do we do that? He says right here. I'm, I'm, I'm closing. But I got to get you to right here. just a minute verse number 10 of John 1st John chapter 4 herein is love 
How do we get saved? By love. If we got saved by condemnation, if we got saved by fear, if we got saved by manipulation, we may have got some kind of entry point, but we better get that straightened out. We better get that worked out in us because, listen, there's plenty that are going to stand before him saying, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not do these things in your name? Did we not do all this stuff? And God's going, and Jesus said he's going to look at you and say, I depart from me. I, I didn't. I never knew you. We never. We never met. You memorized. You ran to an altar and felt bad. You cried your eyes out. You did all that, but I, you and I never met. Well, how could that happen? That happened by the schemes and manipulation of man, and we got fooled. He said, here in his love, not, everybody say with me, not. That's not loud enough. Not, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Do you see where we're at? The only way we're going to we're going to operate in love is to receive his love. Amen. Amen. How do we receive his love? You get revelation like this. Okay? You get revelation like this? Oh, wow. It's not that I love God, but he loves me. I get it now. I see it. Well, how do I, how do I, how do I receive that? The words come to me. How do I receive it? What did the Bible say? The word comes to us. That water and snow comes to us, right? What did I tell you you got to do? You process it. You, you meditate on it. God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Not that I love God. God loves me. It's not about me loving God. It's about me. It's about God loving me. God loves me. I begin to see all the things that God's done for me. He loves me. All the things he's worked out for me. He loves me. He found me. He chose me. He, he separated me. He looked at me and said, I'll take you. And he loves me because he loves me. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So he chose me because he loves me. He didn't choose me because I could do something for him. He didn't choose me so I could I, he could make a, something out of me. He, he chose me because he loves me. He loves me. And I get that revelation of his love. Now what have I got to do? Do what John did. John's the only disciple, the only one that turned around and said, well, the disciple that Jesus loves. You won't find that terminology with anybody else, but you won't find anybody else with the revelation of God's love like John does. And John started returning that, returning that, and saying, well, I'm the one that Jesus loves. I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. He referred to himself in his own writings, the disciple that Jesus loves. What was he doing? He was confessing it and, get, and returning it. And you know what God says? When you speak my word back to me, it will not return void, but it will. He says in another passage that when you speak it, I will establish it. Woo! He will establish it. Started speaking that word, and you know what God did with him? God chose him. He says, you, you're the one. You're the one that's going to take care of Mary. You're the one that's going to take care of Mary. You're the one that I'm going to protect. 
You're the one that they're going to try to boil in oil and you won't even feel it. They didn't know what to do with John when they captured him and boiled him in oil and he just, and he came out without, he didn't even come out looking like a lobster. The writers, the historians, they didn't know what to do with him when he came out of that oil and he was not harmed. He was not touched. Oh my goodness. He says, you'll be the one. You'll be the one that gets to see the revelation of the end times. You get to see, see, people who love and find that love are the ones that get to see things nobody else gets to see. Gets to understand things nobody else gets to understand. And get to do things nobody else can do. Get assignments nobody else is trusted with. The assignment of take care of my mother. The assignment of getting take Jesus' mother to the mega church of that day, Ephesus. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine escorting Jesus' mother to church every Sunday? Wow. Pretty powerful, huh? And the only disciple to not die a martyr, John. You want to die, you want to make sure nobody kills you or nothing kills you, and you die in God's time, discover his love. And now nothing can kill you. Nothing can take you before your time. Why? Because I have a revelation that Jesus loves me. Not that I love Jesus, but that he loves me. And when I get that revelation, guess what? You can't keep me out of church then. Did you just hear what I said? You can't keep me out of church then. Hello? Because I got a revelation of who he is and I need to know more about him. I get to hear more about him. I'm going to go get more of him. You can't keep me away from getting connected with God's people. And you can't stop me from telling somebody else about his love. Amen? Whether they receive it or whether they don't. Amen? Because it's not about you. It's not about your, your acceptance. It's about an opportunity. Amen? All right. Is that all right today? Say, go turn to your neighbor and say, I am loved. I am loved. Look out. No, you, no weapon formed against me can prosper. I'm loved. The enemy can't take me out. I'm loved. Amen? I'm loved. I'm going to find my destiny. I'm loved. I have an assignment. I'm loved. Amen? Father, thank you this day for this word. Thank you, Father, for your love. We thank you, Father, that it is the primary thing we must get first is your love. Father, so that we can love others as you have loved us. Father, we give you the glory for that. We receive that word and we speak it. This week, we begin to take that revelation and speak it, that we are loved. We are the beloved of God in Jesus' name, through Christ Jesus. And we give you the praise and glory for it. Everybody say amen. See you next week.